0: you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody on the campus and those joining us online, wherever you might be. Glad that we're together. Hope you had a great uh, Thanksgiving uh, gathering with your friends and maybe a a Black Friday deal or two along the way. Who knows? But we're together on this Sunday, and I think it's going to be a really uh, good time together. Grab your Bible or turn on your digital device. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 16 uh, this morning. And and I want us to kind of talk about this as a topic. What do you do when what you need doesn't seem like it's coming to you? Right, Whether or not it's you're a person here this morning and you've not really begun following Jesus yet, you're not really sure about the whole God thing and Jesus, and you're working hard, you're doing all the things you know you're supposed to be doing, but the the, the provisions, what, what you need, it doesn't seem like it's coming through for you. Or if you're on the God side, you're kind of following Jesus and, and, and he's important to you and you've been praying and you've been trusting and, and you're kind of like, okay, Jesus, uh, I've been... I've been Believe in you. I've been hoping, but he hasn't seemed, at least at this point in your story, to come through for you. How how do you keep going on when the provision, what you need, doesn't seem like it's there? Right. Uh, um. 1989. I realize many of you weren't even born in 1989, but 1989. I'm getting ready to graduate from college. Uh, lived in a little town called Clarkston, Michigan, and. Uh, you know, we're, we're graduating and getting all the college bills paid off and looking forward to getting out and kind of getting a real job, right? You got those jobs that you do while you're going through school, you know what I'm talking about? And then you want to get out and get that good paying job, but it seemed like nothing was coming through for me. And uh, we'd put out the resumes and we'd have interviews and, and even if they offered us, it didn't seem like it was the right kind of offer. And uh, we kind of, Linda and I, we had just recently been married, and I was like, you know, maybe we should, like, if we're going to want God to provide for us, we should trust Him at a whole nother level. So we're 20-something, we don't know much of anything, and we decided, hey, let's resign our jobs. That'll show God that, like, we're going to trust Him and believe Him. And the next day, no doubt, He'll provide the perfect job for us. So we resigned our jobs. The next day came, and the phone didn't ring, <laughs> and there was no Google. I couldn't Google and say, I, I, well, what are we going to do? And I remember my landlord, his name was Mr. Pittman. We, we rented the bottom part of his house in Clarkston, Michigan, and uh, he was kind of, you know, how it is, you, you'd talk, and we'd share stories, and, and I said, well, you know, Linda and I, we're, you know, we're getting ready to graduate, and we're trusting God, so we went ahead and resigned our jobs, and we just believed that he's going to open up the right job for us. I'll never forget it. Mr. Pittman looked at me, and he said, trust in God, are you? Well, I hope he provides you the rent, because you need to know something. It's still due the end of this month, right? He's like, what are we gonna do? And it dawned on me, wait a second, I have, I have rent to pay. In the Bible, there's a story, maybe it's familiar, maybe not so much, about a lady who's having a real hard time trusting God. For the provision that she needed. And maybe that's where you are today. It's kind of like, okay, help me out, God, here. Help me how I can see this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Two plus two is not adding up to to four. Here, check this story out in Genesis 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. Maybe you remember from Sunday school or your grandma or your grandpa back in the day, there's Sarah and Abraham and God says, yo, Abraham, I'm gonna make a great nation out of you. You're gonna have lots of children. Well, now they're older in life. They have no kids. And it's like, okay, God, we know you said something, but it's not working out that way for us. And maybe that's your story, that you've been trusting God along the way, but it hasn't worked out the way that you thought, had hope. And sometimes in life, right, we have a tendency as human beings to take matters into our own hands. You know what I'm talking about? When you go, okay, God, where are you? We're not sure. And so now let let me help you out, God. Watch this in verse two. (laughs) So she says, Sarai says to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children, Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. Exactly. Hey, let me just say to all the guys in the house, <laughs> just because you can, doesn't mean you should. I'm just saying, sometimes people will tell you, yeah, go ahead, don't worry about it. Yeah, I want you to go do this, right? I'm saying to all of us, just because you can, doesn't mean that you should. Look at verse 3. So Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years. Sarah, his wife took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Now the conflict enters, right? And sometimes in life, what you thought would make you happy... When you get what you thought would make you happy, you find out not so much. Sometimes you're okay, if I could just get married to her, get married to him, if I could have that career, if I could have that job, if, if, if we could make this much money, if, if we could just have this or that, then we would be satisfied. But sometimes in life, the very thing that you thought would bring you satisfaction does the opposite. Look at verse 5. Then Sarai says to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows she's pregnant, and she despises me. Again, to all the guys in the house, (laughs) just because you can doesn't mean that you should, okay? And so the Bible says, then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert and said, Yo, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you been coming from? Where are you going? And notice what she says. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. To a lot of us, this is, this is our approach to conflict. The pain points that are in our life, relationally, financially, with your parents, with your acts. With your boss, with your neighbors, whatever in your life, your past, parents, how things unpacked for you or how things didn't unpack for you, we have a tendency to run from it. Some of us are here this morning and we're in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, some of us even in our 70s, and we've been running a good question to ask yourself this morning is, how's that working for you? When you and I run from our pain point, notice the challenge that the angel of the Lord says. Go back, verse 9, the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Sometimes God says things and asks us to do things. We're like, really, God? Come on. R- really? The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son, so you shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. In case you're interested, globally, the Ishmael is the father of the Arab nation, and later we'll find out how Sarah becomes pregnant and she gives birth to Isaac becoming the birth of the Israel nation and this conflict that started when Hagar and Abraham took matters into their own hands. The conflict that started in that day, which seemed not like a big deal. I can't get pregnant. My husband wants to have kids. God said we're gonna have kids. Let me help you out a little bit, God. Here, Abraham, sleep with my servant. And the conflict that we have in the world globally today, the conflict that we're helping in the nation of Israel between the Palestinians and the Israelis is birthed right here in the pages of Scripture. See, here's here's the thought that I'm hoping this morning, is that we'll start looking at our experience with Christ, whether or not you're having an experience or you're not having an experience with Christ, because I think your experience with Christ opens your eyes to Christ. Christ. If you're having a hard time seeing how Christ wants to be in your life, how Christ will provide in your life, it comes back to your experience. How am I, am I experiencing Christ at all? Here, go back to the Bible. Genesis 21, turn over in your Bible a few pages or on the big Bible on the screen. Look at verse 1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah... As he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abram in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. Look at verse 10. Uh, The conflict now rises to a whole nother level. And she, that Sarah, said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son. For the woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. You see the conflict some of you are are, are in a um, a mixed marriage a second marriage and you had a couple kids and, and and he had a she had a couple kids and now you come back together and then you get older a little bit maybe you're living this and your parents are older and, and your parents your dad got remarried and 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 she brought a few kids and then dad passes and boy now you now you got the biological kids and you got the kids who were hers, but not his. And now they're sitting in an attorney's office. You can see the conflict pressing in. Look at verse 11. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God says to him, do not be distressed about the boy uh, and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I'll make the son of the slave into a nation, the Arab nation today, also because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away. So she thought, I cannot watch this boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob what do you do when life circumstances are unjust they're unfair it didn't unpack the way that you wanted it to unpack is God big enough to provide for you does God is God even aware of what you're going through I think some good news that we're seeing in the Bible this morning is that God knows where we are. Notice what happens next in verse 17. God heard the boy crying. Interesting. It didn't say that God heard her crying. God heard the boy. Her point of pain. God hears. And the angel of God calls to Hagar from heaven and says to her, "What's the matter, Hagar?" Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I'll make him into a great nation. And she can't see this. You can't see this. In the circumstances, the situation that you find yourself today, you you look out and you just wonder, how is anything good going to come from this? This is wrong. It's unfair. It's unjust. It doesn't make any sense to me. Your experience with God opens your eyes. God your experience with Christ opens your eyes to Christ how, how are you experiencing Christ in your everyday life because here's what's happened in verse 19 then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink God didn't create a brand new well for her the well was already there it wasn't until she experienced God at a whole nother level that God opened up her eyes and she saw that the solution to her pain point, the answer to her problem had been there all along. I'm just saying out loud, listen, I don't know everything that you're going through. I don't know everything that everybody's going through. I I just know this, that your experience with Christ opened your eyes. To Christ, If you feel like you're in a dark spot, if you're in a spot that's just chaotic and it's blurry and it's foggy and it's misty and you just don't know how, how is this, how, how will we ever get on this other side? It goes back to your experience. Maybe you're not a believer yet in Christ. Maybe you don't fully understand it. It makes sense. Your eyes haven't been opened up yet. It's not until you have that experience with Christ that your eyes are opened to Christ. So how do we do that? How how do people like you and me, how do we have an experience with Christ so that our eyes are opened up? We don't want to die. We don't want our, our loved ones. We don't want our dreams and our goals and our hopes and our ambitions. We want to live vibrant lives. And that source of vibrancy is right next to us. It was right next to Hagar. She couldn't see it because she was so overwhelmed with the pain in her life. So how do we do it? If you're taking notes, you can write a couple things down. Here's the big idea. One is you gotta, you gotta believe God for it. Hagar was at a point in her life that she couldn't fix it. And she, she pivoted on this day, and she chose to believe God for, and it's not a one and done. Some of us, we, we had this one, on this particular day, way back in the day, maybe you were a kid, or it was a special Sunday, or, or your Mima and your papa, or someone passed away, and on this day, you had to kind of like that warm, fuzzy, special moment with God, and you believed God. And the good news is, you, you believed God on that day, and on that day, it was significant. But you've been trying to live that day, the next day, and the next week, and the next month, the next year where that day God's presence was good for that day belief is an ongoing it's kind of like we've got a a gas fireplace in our house has all the potential on a cool morning like this to warm up our house but here's the deal the pilot light has to be lit I can have all good intentions and and get up early and want to light that fireplace and have it ready for Linda as she wakes up and have a cup of coffee together. But if that fire is not first lit by its pilot light, it doesn't have the ability until that spark. Its role is small, but it's irreplaceable. Listen to the Bible in Hebrews 11 and 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Who's the object of your focus today? Who are you looking to? All I know is this, is as human beings, we're following after someone or something. We have someone or something in our focus, and it's guiding us and directing us somewhere. You're believing somebody for it. You're believing something for it. I'm just suggesting today, believe God for it. One of my favorite stories is a story of a little boy, I've, I've shared it before, and This little boy, he was a single child. He had no brothers and he lived on a farm and so there wasn't neighbors who could come by and play baseball. And if you've ever been a single child or not had your brothers or sisters around to play catch with you know what it's like you put your glove on right and you throw the ball up in the air and you'd catch it right or or you'd bat right you throw the ball up in the air and you hit the ball right and you dream that you're hitting it over the fence well this little boy was in the backyard mom was in the kitchen and there was a big window over the sink and she could watch and the windows are open and she could hear her son And so this little boy was taking the ball, right, and he'd throw it up in the air, and she could hear him say, I am the greatest batter in the world. And he would swing at that ball, and he'd look out there on the horizon. It was at his feet. He'd pick that ball up. Mom's watching this. He threw the ball up in the air put his arm back, and he would swing with all of his might. He'd look out there. And like the Ohio State Buckeyes, he'd look at the bottom and say, I guess I missed. <laughs> mom, mom now was kind of having her heart broken, like, oh my goodness. <sighs> she watched her son pick the ball up one more time. Great determination. He threw that ball up in the air and said, "I am the greatest hitter in the world." He put his elbow up high. He watched that ball come down. He leaned into it and with all his might he swung. The ball for a third time is laying at his feet. To which his mother heard him say, I am the greatest pitcher in the world. (laughs) I'm just saying, you, you, you gotta have this deep belief inside. Listen to what Job chapter 11 says. Do you think you can explain the mystery of God? Do you think you can diagram God Almighty? God is far higher than you can imagine, far deeper than you can comprehend, stretching farther than earth's horizons, far wider than the endless ocean. I get it. i I, for some of you it's it's hard to believe god you can't see him you didn't kind of grow up doing the church thing and you're like whatever And, and 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 others of you you're 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 trying to diagram god you're trying to figure god out hey hey listen we're humans he's god we follow him by faith i get it it's challenging but he's god hagar it didn't make a lot of sense I mean, my goodness, what, what did I do wrong? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a slave and my mistress told me I had to sleep with him and, and I got this baby and now she got pregnant and she's mad at me. They're kicking me out. The old boy gives me a few bologna sandwiches, a little bit of water, and now we're going to die. It doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem fair at all. But in this moment, she trusted God for it. I know it doesn't always make sense. But your experience with Christ opens your eyes to Christ. Let me just give you one more thing if you want to write it down this morning. And this might be the hardest thing that I say this morning. Because kind of like the whole thing, God, believe for it, that's fairly safe, right? Believe God for it, okay, that's kind of a Sunday morning church thing. You're supposed to believe God for it, okay, I'll believe. Check it off, Mark. I got it. I'll believe God for it. Here's one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. Face your pain point. Hagar in this story twice, the moment she gets into pain, she's running. She's out of here. That's a lot of our stories as human beings. We do not want to hurt. There's a lot of us, we're, we're running from our past. We try to avoid it, or we complain about it. We blame somebody for it. We delay it. And, and t- the idea that I would suggest, you've got to run towards it, remember in this story, she put her boy about a bow shot. To you hunters, you know, maybe that's 20 meters. Depending how good of a shot you are, probably not even so much 20 meters. She st- the, the pain was still in her line of vision. Your pain is still in your line of vision. Otherwise, it wouldn't be your pain anymore. The question is, what are you going to do with that pain? I'll, I'll never forget, in the Marine Corps, it's the uh, summer of 1983 and uh officer and a gentleman is the movie back then right and you know mayo where are you from those kind of lines right that's the world that i went to the marine corps from and all my drill instructors they were from you know the vietnam era and on this particular day we're we're doing chemical war for where war for war yes thank you exactly what he says See, I'm getting nervous about it now, and I'm 56. Right? And so we know that we're about to go into this this house, this abandoned house, and they're going to let the gas loose on us because they're going to teach us how to put on our gas mask, how to clear it, so we don't die in war. Right? And so any military person knows exactly what I'm talking about. So we're in line, and we're, we're marching towards this. Of course, We arrive at the abandoned house at the very time that the platoon that had already gone through it was just coming out. Oh my goodness. They're screaming. They're crying. I mean, snots everywhere. I mean, I'm like, nope. I'm I'm, I'm not going in there. I'm sorry. I really didn't want to be a Marine. Can I please go home to mama? Please, 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 please. I didn't want to face it. I mean, these guys are crying, and oh, I mean, it's just awful, right? And, and, and it's like, we're about to go up inside that thing. And I wanted to avoid it. But here's the deal. If I had avoided it, if I had delayed it, if I had worked around it, that when later in life, in a combat situation, and I had to put that gas mask on so that my life would be saved, I would not be prepared. And some of us, we have been avoiding the pain. God wants to get in the middle of your pain. He wants to be the permanent solution for the pain. Will you trust him at his word this morning? the pain of rejection the pain of failure missed opportunities and decisions this whole story's jacked up sarah takes her help and says sleep with my husband and 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 then she does and then both women get married and then one gets kicked out in the midst of all that drama god shows up and i'm here to say that's what god does He gets in the middle of our drama. See, your experience with Christ opens your eyes to Christ. I like what Robert Frost said. The best way out is always through. The best way out is always through. I know you've been wronged, but the best way out is through it. I I, I know you were rejected feel unloved and unwanted, but the best way is through it. you, you, you failed. You don't feel like you're not enough, that, that you, no matter what you do, how you do it, it will never be enough. The, the way forward is through those emotions. Feel inadequate, overwhelmed. You're uncertain about what's happening in the world. It's through it. Face that pain point. I know for me in okinawa japan in 1986 lots of pain pain of growing up my father disconnect just a lot of things in my life and i'll never forget the conversation i had in the united states marine corps at the uso with christ i had an experience with him that day it wasn't like mystical and it wasn't in a church and it wasn't I just know on that particular day, like Hagar, the reality of God's presence is in my life. And on that day, I believed God for it. On that day, I looked in the eyes of the pain source of what it felt like to be rejected, like it was never, ever going to be enough in my relationship with my dad. A lot of, I can't tell you, everything in my life changed. But on that moment, the presence of God coming into my life, and along the way to have that presence, it's changed me. Your experience with Christ opens your eyes to Christ.